Svelte-tia. Hey, long time no see. Welcome back to another Svelte Radio episode. I'm Kevin, one of the hosts. I run a site called Svelte School, and uh, I'm heavily involved in the Svelte society community i wonder if we have to keep introducing ourselves each time <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't know <laughs> uh i'm sean i uh am head of developer experience at temporal.io and i just really enjoy svelte i think you need to keep introducing yourself sean because you've always got a new job no no i'm trying to, to stay to. you know i gotta accumulate some equity uh i, I can't do this <laughs> keep doing this to myself <laughs> I'm Anthony, I'm CTO of Bianc, and I'm also a Svelte maintainer, although in the last month I don't really want to claim that because I really have literally not even looked at it. It's been a rather, rather busy month for Bianc due to the lockdown lifting, and uh, and the summer, the English summer is actually here, although it's raining today, but it's actually here, which is great. Yeah, yeah. So we, we could probably talk a bit about what's what's new lately. What have you guys, guys been up to? Well, I mean, it's it's kind of weird seeing everybody reopen because we're actually going through a second outbreak here in Uh-oh. Singapore. Uh, the India strain is spreading here, and uh, I I don't know. I just I, I worry that like it's going to happen to other countries, and you're going to get caught in the momentum of like everyone's reopening and people going back to the cinema and and all that. And uh, I just say you know like hang on like <laughs> uh, there yeah. there are some countries that are still facing. Um, second outbreaks and there are variants so I, d- I don't know not to be a wet blanket but <laughs> just be careful so yeah so yeah. i think i think covid has brought one it's one of been one of those weird blessing and curse things obviously it's caused a lot of problems for a sort of travel business it's been a very difficult last last three years have been quite tough really um but the, the kind of the silver cloud uh so the, the silver lining in those clouds is one is we had more time to get the product right with very low traffic for a very long time. Um, sure, we ran out of money a couple of times, but it's more, you know, we got the product to, to match people's expectations. And I think the second one is one of the things that's really helped us survive and get things right is is we helped providers who, you know, wanted to run things but couldn't because of because of restrictions figure out how to do their business in a, in a COVID-safe way. So we've all been kind of helping and coaching each other to make this um, to make this happen. So actually, it's it's kind of given us a different business model we never expect or never could have predicted even. And and now as it's as it's coming, you know, out of lockdown, there's still quite a few restrictions in place, and it's meant that those we've been able to kind of bring those people's businesses into something real, whilst they would have otherwise been flatlining essentially, effectively, or even going bust. So yeah. Necessity is the mother of invention. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, we just uh, we just opened up. Uh, so here in Sweden, you they never really locked down. So you've been able to go, go to restaurants, but they they've been closed at I think eight p.m. I think, but just now they opened up, so they can stay open to half past ten. That's pretty nice. So I went out to get some some drinks in the in the summer sun yesterday. Very 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 nice and it's all it all it's also nice because it coincides with the swedish summer which is yeah. like the two months where you can actually do something nice in sweden outside. I, think, I think sweden's interesting right so what's the final verdict because they had they were the one country yeah. that bucked the trend uh no lockdown no mass mandate just treat everybody like adults and it worked yeah yeah i i think it well i mean people say it didn't work in in like 
but now you have people's numbers. opinions yeah I, I know i know but people say are saying like oh but if we lock down they would be lower you know it's like uh you can't really you can never win in a sense if that makes like well you, you know you can you, you can, can always go against you can, you can yeah. compare against peer countries and say like was there that much of a difference if there wasn't then yeah. probably it had no effect um yeah so it's similarly something that's going on is uh, texas lifted their lockdown restriction quite early and uh, a lot of people were very upset about that you said you're, you're literally killing people uh but right as long as people are vaccinated or they, they treat themselves well or they it should be know, fine adopt yeah you, you don't have to use the rule of law to enforce some of these things and it's interesting I, i'm not look i'm not well, a for sure epidemiologist or anything <laughs> but uh, <laughs> sometimes i think when people have a very strong conviction that something's going to happen because of a policy it turns out to be completely unfounded and i think i think people need to be a little bit more circumspect about what they believe is going to happen about the future <laughs> yeah yeah i think i think so so isn't like the much of the like the the polarization is from the from the US like political yes. scene right you had you had Trump saying something and then everyone had to be against what he said pretty much I'm, I'm sure how, there's how controversy I, in in Sweden yeah. as well Oh definitely definitely like you, so much discussion about oh should we lock down should we open up more should we never ending as well I just checked out after a while <laughs> couldn't bother reading about it, reading about it yeah, it's probably uh, yeah. probably very similar here, really. Just, you know, the government saying one thing and then releasing restrictions too early and then everyone blames them for doing it too early and then they lock down <laughs> again. Everyone blames them for locking it down again. It's just you can't win, so. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> All, right. All right. Enough COVID news. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, svelte. Is, is that what the podcast is actually about? I can't really say. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, uh so let, let's uh, let's start with Scott Tolinsky is doing with his with his uh, website or what he may may be doing with yeah. his website. Well, he so, so he, he's pitched this on on Discord. Really, he sort of starts on Discord because he appeared sort of you know he appears now and then, but he appeared recently, and uh, he's just asking for help on SvelteKit and rebuilding components and what people are doing with GraphQL and stuff, and. Uh, and it turns out he's basically MVPing, rewriting the entirety of Level Up Chutz, Level Up Toots. I can't even pronounce it in um, in SvelteKit. I mean, obviously, like he said, it's too big a site, and he's not planning to do it. But the more he goes on, the more you realize he might actually just end up doing it because you know, once yeah. you start, you just can't stop. <laughs> yeah, and he's shown some videos on on Twitter, and the amount of code differences is almost unreason unreasonable. It's like a 20 line files turned into four lines or three lines or something. So I don't know. It sounds pretty interesting. Um, and the GraphQL stuff he's doing, I, I know nothing about GraphQL, but it looks, it looks really sort of straightforward. Um, a really easy way to sort of fetch data and things. So pretty interesting, pretty interesting stuff. Yeah. I'm betting on, uh, on him actually going ahead and converting it at some point. I think, I would, yeah, I would probably make that bet. The, the, the thing is, he says, you know, it would be the the second rewrite since 2015 or something. But then, you know, yeah. the fact uh, it's already true. happened once before is a, a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good precedent. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's yeah, nice. Nothing else to say about that. Uh, so he, he did a live stream of, uh, of one hour of him converting stuff. And apart from that, he did three hours of conversion and he got to a pretty high fidelity. So if you want, you could check out the live stream. We'll leave it in the show notes. 
Yeah, I haven't watched that. I should I should take a look at I that. I browsed it. Uh, there, there was a lot of CPU issues because he was using like a new Mac plus OBS, and OBS just really oh. kills your system. Yeah. I've had that as well, so I've just decided to not live stream because just to slow down actually is very distracting when you're coding. I think there's a there's a better way to live stream where you essentially have one machine that just is your coding system, and then you have a different machine that just records and sends uh, only yeah. only responsible for live stream. But I haven't set it up yet. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just not not worth it. It's not a good watch. Like I'd much rather record and then edit out boring sections and then upload the video on YouTube. Yeah, definitely pros and cons there with like interaction, right? If you if you get some people watching, you can go back and forth a bit. Yeah. All right. So uh, what's what's new in in Svelte this this month or these last two months? Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll cover I'll cover this uh, May update. So, uh, for those who don't know, we we do have uh, a blog on svelts.dev slash blog uh, that Daniel Sandoval actually updates, <laughs> which is pretty cool. Uh, he used to do this as his own initiative, and I think now we just more or less made it official <laughs> that this is the Svelte newsletter. And I think you can also subscribe on Substack uh, if if you want to get it in your email instead of find out on Svelte Radio. <laughs> uh, <laughs> New feature in Svelte 3.38 is CSS custom properties. I think the, the official name for this uh, feature is style props. And I think yeah. it was a little bit controversial just because it introduces a wrapper element that injects CSS custom properties. And it makes it a lot more ergonomic to do that. But people don't like the fact that it includes a wrapper element. Discuss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even if even if it's a wrapper element, it's just like it has that uh, display contents, right? So, so it actually doesn't affect the like the layout and stuff. It's just used for uh, for uh, for actually applying the style properties. But I mean, you you get dividers, right, or whatever it's called. Is, is that the name for it? When you have too many divs. Uh, yeah, dividers. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> Which is why. So there was actually a pretty creative uh, discussion. I don't know, Anthony, if if you were if you know the context behind this. So you don't have to use div. Uh, if you use an unrecognized HTML element, um, the browser is still going to put it in the hierarchy. Uh, it just won't display anything. So you could That's HTML5, say HTML five, right? Sorry. That's a feature of HTML five, is it not? I, I don't know what version. I, maybe it's always been there. I think so. Uh, but the browser has always been very tolerant of like, if you typoed something, it's just still, still going to show something. It may not be what you want, but right. uh, it's not going to like error. So there was a discussion about not using div. You could use, you know, made up name, like uh, <laughs> rich or something. Um, <laughs> and, and so then you don't have a chance of uh, some existing CSS accidentally targeting that div. Uh, I think right. that, yeah, wouldn't the aversion to that be though that, you're kind of almost inventing a new language on top of HTML at that point. Well, that's what we're doing. <laughs> I mean, it kind of is. It kind of is. It's done in necessity, but I think I think if we start writing in a whole new language, then we're moving further away from the goal. Yeah, of it being like a slight superset. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. I, don't know. I think that's kind of an interesting thing, though. You could call it like custom CSS props or something. Yeah. You could call that, it anything, pretty, and it'd just be yeah. Yeah. Obvious in your HTML tree that okay, this is a Svelte thingy. Don't touch it. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. Anyway, so 
that was that was one discussion. I think the other. Uh, f- so for for what what you use it for is f- is for theming. Um, it, you can easily pass in anything that is that r- passes for a CSS variable value uh, into a style prop, and it comes out looking pretty good. I have I have I, so I, I actually made the PR for the the docs where you can actually see this. So I guess we'll leave it in the show notes because it's hard to describe code. Yeah, did <laughs> yes. you but did you guys it's, did you guys try this? Makes, it makes it a lot easier to transfer values from JavaScript into CSS, whereas in in Previously in Svelte, there was no way to do that. Um, I wish there was a little way. I wish there was a way to go a little bit further and to do pure, air quotes, CSS and JS in Svelte. But right now, you'd you'd have to do you have to use a separate library or write your own. Yeah, it's it's interesting. So I I think they've discussed this so for so long and so many times. Um, they they're like the maintainers in general. I think are pretty against doing a full full blown. CSS and JS thing. I'm sure there will be endless more discussions about this in the future as well. But this is this is definitely a nice stopgap. I made this this nice little uh, REPL where I tried the new feature a bit, and it's it's actually very nice. For example, like you can you can have buttons and style them very easily just using CSS props. It's uh, I'm gonna we, we can include that in in the show notes as well. Have you have you guys tried tried the feature? Yeah, I don't had a chance. Yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's it's simple, you know. It, it, um, it does what it yeah. says it does, and it really is used for theming. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's what you should use it for. I mean, I've got I've yeah. got examples where I've had to write my own styling classes that you pass into a component that's in the library. So I will at some point get a chance to rewrite that. So I'll use this instead. Um, yeah. But yeah, again, time pressures. <laughs> Means I haven't touched it yet. The the one thing that this this doesn't really do, and I, and maybe that that's what you were touching on there with the CSS and JS thing, Sean, is is that you can't really access them inside of the component that you apply them to, right? So you say you put a dash dash red or dash dash color red on your child component. It's not like you can change that inside of the child component. You just it's just set there. So yeah. I don't know if there's some something in between there. No, I, I have no problem with that at all. Uh, yeah. if, you, if you're already inside that, com- that component, then you have full access to the CSS. This yeah, is yeah, about that's, passing that's from the parent to the child. Uh, so I think it's okay. Yep. Uh, should we also mention the style directives RFC? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's nice so this one. is slightly related, and it will be a little bit more powerful. Uh, so style, the style props RSC, which has been merged and, and did ship as of Svelte 3.38, works on components. So uh, these, these are Svelte constructs on top of uh, existing HTML elements. Whereas the style directives RFC would work on elements, not components. So they would be you know style colon and then some uh some css some inline css uh so th- basically this would do for svelte what the class directive does for svelte currently so right now when you do class colon uh some class name you can actually break up that a bunch of classes and actually toggle them true or false based on or toggle their values based on uh some values in javascript and you don't have that equivalent power in in inline styling. Um, so with this Until RFC, now. yeah, with this RFC, you would, um, it hasn't been implemented yet, but I think it's been more or less accepted by Rich. So 
that's yeah. what's going on there. So, so there's actually a PR up for it where I think it's almost done. Let's see if I can find it. Uh-huh. That's the I think the RFC behind notes, so it's got to be there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I find the I found the uh, the RFC uh, or sorry the the PR there, and uh, it looks like there's just something to do with parser warnings and errors. Otherwise, it seems to be done. Basically, just waiting to go in. And this has been oh wow since the twenty fourth of January actually. Yeah. Wow. Right. Work continues. Yeah, yeah. I guess cool. we just need to to wait for it to be merged then. Yeah. Shall we move to it's the June update? Nice yep. Yeah. But it's actually new. a bunch of new SvelteKit things. Um, the uh, the layout and error pages have been renamed to from using like a dollar sign to double underscores. And uh, let's see here. Oh, the new the new package thing, right? So there's a new Svelte package feature where you can that you can use to to basically make packages that you can put up on npm i have a feeling the dollar again i haven't really been watching the chat that closely but i think the dollar thing is because um dollar generally designates stores or internal things whereas it doesn't really make mm. sense for a file name yeah that makes sense yeah scott covered this in his uh live stream right so I, I don't know what the API error is, but yeah, it makes sense that you don't want to conflict with the store name stuff. No. There's also just interestingly, there's another discussion going on right now about the way RxJS puts a dollar at the end of the variable name. Um, and there's definitely some support for that among the maintainers to move the dollar to the other side. Um, it also makes Ooh. it a lot clearer when you're defining a store or accessing it as a store rather than the stored value. Um, it's a lot clearer if the dollar's at the other side. But uh, whether or not we'll change that or not, I don't know. But it's a huge breaking change, so it's um, not going to just appear. Yeah, that would be svelte for. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I have no opinion about that. I think I'm just used to the to the dollar in front. Yeah, it it just does get a bit confusing sometimes because, I mean, also the dollar at the start is a lot like the reactive label, like the 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 um, destiny operator, as it were. So it did kind of make sense to me on the end. I, I hate to make a big change like that, but it does make sense. For example, yeah, it's more in line with other frameworks. RxJS being a kind of makes sense, I guess. Um, right. What else? What else? A bunch of bug fixes for SvelteKit as well. Uh, the adapters are being broken and fixed twenty four seven. Pretty much is, is my uh, understanding. Yeah, um, but uh, did you did you do some some stuff about with the Netlify adapter, Sean? I think I saw something. Yeah, look, like a, a lot of these day. are just uh, maintenance fixes. Because I am a <laughs> former Netlify employee, I know Netlify pretty well. So uh, I I just helped to shore up the docs, and we we made some changes as to where you should put your redirects files. All these are very small, but you know I think. The more we use FeltKit, the more we help to make it production ready, uh, it, and it is not yet. So we just need everyone to use it and then find issues and then also fix them. <laughs> so that's what's going <laughs> For on sure. here. Yeah, I've, I've been rebuilding Svelte School in, in SvelteKit. I've 
let's see if I ever finish like my <laughs> 10 other <laughs> rebuilds that never materialized. Well, I know I'm trying to move my own site from elder JS to Svelte kit as well. Uh, yeah. But yeah. It's extra work and, um, and uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just have to dog food it. It's all, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it's hard to justify compared to, let's say, you know, writing another essay or something. I say one, one that I quite like, cause I ran, ran into it myself um, is that we, when you were rendering a non-text body before you couldn't cache it, um, the automatic caching would actually break, so you'd have to explicitly set a no cache header. Um, so that's that's um, bug number one three eight two. Basically, um, stricter body types and e tags for binary responses, which means you can now uh, send back any kind of response, any kind of data. You can render an image directly to the to the endpoint, and it will um, cache it correctly and set the correct caching headers. Importantly, it will render it. Before that, it didn't actually render it; it just crashed five hundred or something. So um, that not a very like exciting fix. bug, but certainly a good a good thing to have. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So it's just funny because like we're now basically taking on a bit of the job of Express as well. Or, or I mean, entirely. I think entirely. Yeah. Well, because it's a lambda, isn't it? It's a raw lambda, so we we kind of eschew Express entirely and just serve things straight up. If that and that's, right. if that's what you mean. Yeah. It's it's just it's interesting. Like you you work on Svelte as a front end framework, and now you're worrying about things like e tags for binary responses. <laughs> right? Yeah. I see. You mean? Yeah. Well, exactly. I suppose I suppose we've gone into a full a full app building thing. I suppose that makes makes sense. It was weird because in in Sapper, obviously, we try and hide it from you. So yeah, you could render things from endpoints or you know server routes as they're called, but essentially, you have nothing to do with it unless you start hacking around with Polka or Express or whatever. Now it's kind of you end up involved in it anyway. Is anyone paying paying close attention to uh, what Remix is doing with their form submission uh, APIs? I'm not. Uh, I'll link a video in the show notes, but uh, they're doing some interesting stuff that makes it easier to do progressive upgrades of form submissions, uh, progressive enhancement of form submission. And it's just a lot less state. And I I mean, I like it. We could easily steal it, first of all, if we wanted. So I'll just, I'll put it in the show notes for people to check out. I think you'd get a lot of buy-in for that. I think uh, at Svelte Summit, I think Rich talked a bit about forms, right? Yeah, he did. He did. He covered this exact sort of thing about how to build a form so that it works as a form, and then you know you can enhance it with JavaScript on the client side. And he he was saying that's the definitive. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, sorry. Yeah. Uh, I guess that was more about like part. What's it called? Ah. Uh, something something degradation Be- beautiful degradation no uh yeah what's it um, called i don't know i know what you mean but i don't know what it's called yeah yeah well i'm sure people figure graceful figure out. degradation graceful degradation that's the one yeah so it basically works without the the javascript yeah speaking of of elder js by the way um there's a new Probably. elder js channel on the well we were before, before we <laughs> talked about this, this stuff, <laughs> um, there's a new uh, channel on the Discord for ElderJS where you can there is get indeed. help and uh, you can discuss it and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Nick and is think, uh, back, you know, shipping more and more stuff. Uh, I think he has some health issues that he's gotten over, thankfully. Um, yeah. I think we'll have him on for a future episode, right? Yeah. yeah. He's, bu- he's booked in yeah. for uh, in a couple of weeks. Cool. I think. Yeah. 
I think he's he's got an interesting story and the reason he's working on Svelte Kit so much. Um, So I I look forward to that interview. (laughs) It's going to be fun. Yeah, and Elder Jace is now getting um, HMR, right? Which is quite a big thing. Uh, Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. I did read something about that. That's going to be nice. I I don't know if he's doing it. I think maybe someone in the community is contributing it, but um, it's definitely in progress from what I understand. Yeah, HMR is nice. For sure. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's weird because it's a static site generator, so it's a bit difficult to do it as a static site generator. But I was reading this morning about something about random routes. It generates pages kind of on random routes so you can see the changes on the fly, even though they're statically generated otherwise. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I should probably cover, just because we've done the June thing, uh, request.locals. So we realized at some point that we were calling literally everything context because it's the kind of word that befits exactly what it, it is but it's really confusing if everything is called context because get context has no has no bearing on uh, the endpoint context which is what we previously had uh, so we bike shedded for literally hours to try and figure out a better name for what the the context that is passed to the endpoint which is definitely not a context is called and so we came up with request.locals the reason being it's it's a set of variables and, and things and objects, whatever, that are local to the specific request. I every request get a new set of them. So request.locals is a new is a new endpoint context. Um and you can see the PR for that as well. And the other thing actually that came out of the more recent maintainers meeting, which I'm not a member of. Oh, I didn't I didn't join that one, sorry. Um was that we've added Red Hatter as a maintainer. Um, Red Hatter, I can't remember their, their last name, but the first name is Arbor. He, so, he made uh, the, uh, the Chrome extension, the DevTools one, I think. It's possible they made that. Yeah, yes. I don't, I can't remember exactly, but I know the name. Uh, I've seen it appear quite a lot. Yep. So w- what's, uh, what's he been working on? Is he doing? Uh, well, I, I don't know because I wasn't, <laughs> I haven't been paying attention. Oh, right. To yeah, yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> Have you, have you guys okay. used the Svelte DevTools? I've never actually tried it out. <laughs> never needed it. Um, I, ha- I did, but I didn't, I didn't find much benefit because Svelte is so simple. Um, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't find a huge benefit in the DevTools and what I was doing. But they, they do work. And I have seen all the stores. You can get like a, a hierarchy of all the stores that turn up down the, down the, the pipe and stuff. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I use it. I use it. It's pretty nice. What, what else? Svelte Nobby? There's a... There's a before we move on from DevTools, I, I should also mention that React DevTools got a nice new feature, which is uh, essentially an error boundary toggle. You can essentially force and force a component to render an error and see what happens to your UI. Uh, so oh, it could be wow. an interesting one to steal. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, that, the error boundary RFC is is still there. Yes, uh, we've not worked on it yet, but that would be a cool thing to have. Uh, and then definitely having a toggle for that would be even better. Yeah, just just seeing errors, like how, how your component reacts when there's an error. Yeah, it's definitely nice. I, I suggested a chaos party mode where you just turn it on and you just randomly throws errors <laughs> around your app. Uh, <laughs> oh dear, I don't want to know what happened with that. Happened to my app. <laughs> it's only in development, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah sure. It's just um, I might get a reality check. everything breaks (laughs) yeah yeah cool okay svelte svelte knobby so this is uh some kind of thing rich made for uh for like changing props 
in your components at runtime. So at, yeah. as a dev as a dev tool, pretty much, right? Like Storybook. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure where the, the knobby name came from, comes from, and I think it means something different for British people. But uh, <laughs> I think it's, for me, it comes from Storybook, where uh, the knobs extension lets you actually toggle the values of some props that go in so you can visualize what happens as you change the values. Uh, so it just yep. automatically interprets all the props, and you just drop it in, wrapping around an existing uh, component, and it just pops up this control panel where you can actually uh, play with it. Um, so I, I think it's like that that idea of visual feedback yeah. that, that you can play with your components while and see them live instead of having this cognitive mismatch or, or distance of change things in IDE and then see them live and then go back to the IDE and translate, keep the mantle mapping in your mind. Yeah, it's definitely nice for like UI libraries and stuff like that where you want to showcase like different variations of, of something, of a component. Unreasonably annoyed that I can't drag it to another part of the screen now. Oh, and you the, could, and the you could make that. Yeah, it, it would yeah, probably sure. take I mean. a few more nights <laughs> it could. Um, yeah. So it actually gave me this idea of like, instead of messing around with just the values, why can't we just mess with the source code of the component that any component that we click on, like instead of just going back to your editor and then finding that the right component to edit and then editing that, why don't you just click on the component and it pops up an editor in your browser, yeah. you change the thing. Uh, we have the ability to save files from the browser back to your file system. So why don't we just do that? Um, so I haven't done yeah. it yet, but I'm very tempted. I was thinking about it today. Should I like spend two hours and knock it out? Because I've done something similar <laughs> before, uh, which, which would basically mean inverting the IDE, right? So right now, the IDE, if you can imagine, like a lot of times when we develop, we have the IDE and then we translate to the browser. But what if the browser was your 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 main canvas and your idea just popped up in context next to the component you're editing? Um, that, so that's that would be cool. <laughs> you should you should definitely try to make a kind of <laughs> I mean what, proof of concept of what that. What would be nice is combining this with the with the Svelte inspector like extension because you could have a list of all your components. You could search for them, filter them, and then modify their values. That'd be quite cool. You mean the Svelte Dev Tools? Yeah, so the Dev Tools, yeah. Yeah, I would have to check if you have access, file system access, uh, mm. from the dev tools. I don't think you do, right? Because that would be a pretty strange permission to give to your dev tools. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> anyway, well, that would, you know, uh, that'd be cool. More ideas. Uh, well, and and also, I think you briefly mentioned SvelteKit package, which is a new SvelteKit command, yeah. which also built just to push out Nobby. Uh, and yeah, it's a it's a way to bundle components. I think previously, whenever people wanted to make shareable components, we just set that to like the component template GitHub repo. Yeah, <laughs> and that that one that that one that doesn't have support for like well the the problem is there like if you want to write your components in TypeScript, um, it, you'd have to like make Run sure it build, build, builds out to yeah yeah or you'd have to have the pro preprocessor in the project where you imported the package into. But I think this solves yeah. everything of that, all of that. Well, there you go. Oh, yeah. I haven't tried it yet. So I think I'm going to try it this weekend, see if it's any fun. I'm sure it is. Uh, Svelte Motion. This is a cool library. Yeah. I, I had no. I don't know any context behind this. Did, did you guys know about this? No, I, I think I just saw it on, on the Discord or Twitter. Not entirely sure. Yeah. So cool. Michael yeah. Lute 
comes out of nowhere and just drops this fully featured <laughs> animation library for Svelte, uh, basically porting over React Motion from the React ecosystem. Uh, and the docs are great, and everyone's excited about it. I think it's just like he he just port he didn't even bother to rename the 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 API, so um, it's it's it still has like a lot of the React API, like use something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I ah, I, I have that's that's oh. <laughs> I don't like when when people used to use a thing for stuff other than the uh, the actions. It's uh, but that's just my pet peeve, I guess. I know. Yeah. Well, anyway, it's got it's got really nice support for animation, layout, gestures, motion value, uh, and even has like a roadmap for for more things that he wants to add. So, just a really cool out come out from nowhere open source type thing. You know, every now and then you get one of these drops that are just like, whoa, where did you come from? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, this one's this one's a pretty major effort. I wonder if so. Looking at the doc site, I wonder if the menu is using Svelte Motion because you can see like the Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't notice at first, but it looks pretty cool. Yeah, it's got a little nice pop. That's the thing about <laughs> motion, like if it's tasteful, it doesn't beat you over the head that it exists. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then when you notice the details, you're like, oh look at that. That's cool. <laughs> it's uh it's what was the talk at Svelte Summit about this? Whimsy in I, Ron's I don't remember talk. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Talks about this. It's a good talk. Uh cool. All right. Ooh. What's this? Breakthrough uh, of the I'll year. I'll briefly mention this because there's nothing to do. Uh, we are nominated. Uh, so Svelte Kid is nominated for Breakthrough of the Year. Last year, Svelte itself was nominated for Breakthrough of the Year and, and won. Uh, this year, it is a Svelte Kid is a nominee uh, alongside of Veet. So uh, I, I don't fancy our chances, but you can <laughs> check out what happens at the end. I think I think the voting is closed already, so there's nothing oh, we can do it? here. Yeah. I did. Let's I did cast my vote. I, I I was asked to vote, and I did cast my vote. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, it'd be it'd be pretty funny for the thing that's built on top of Veet to to win over Veet. So <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's there's people who create the thing, right? And there's people who who use the thing. There's there's, there's two options there. So yeah. um, you know, you can you can I'm, write something brilliant and not do anything good with it, and then you can you can do something fantastic with something that already exists. So. This chance, yeah, I'm, there's, still I'm, a, there's still hope. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be happy if either of them wins. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Cool. That's okay. It. And this is one year of Svelte Radio, but it's technically it's not, but <laughs> in practice it is because the first episode doesn't count. <laughs> that was just a, a five-minute news show that I did once, so... Uh, yeah, so you know, I, I I knew I knew that we were coming up on some kind of anniversary, and I just checked. And I was like, oh yeah, we started doing this in May of last year, and uh, it's it's uh, still been going strong. I, I really enjoy getting together, and people people listen to us. I don't know why, but yeah, uh, that's the most important part of all, right? People listen. <laughs> yeah, I th I think it's 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 fun. It's a lot of fun to to get together and just uh, talk uh, about Svelte. Uh, it is. I love yeah. keeping up to date with what's going on from you two, because I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. You're just uh, you're just putting your head down and working on the onk all the time. <laughs> <laughs> often, often is the case. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I, I think also some things that are interesting are like we're podcasting from three different countries, and my time zone is weird. So uh, we've had some <laughs> screw ups in the past. So on like just like well, it's, was there 
was there a recording today? Yeah. And uh, also, you know, I think we, we all three of us organized uh, our own meetups in our in our respective yeah. cities. And I, it's it's just I, I don't know. I just find it pretty poetic that like you know when COVID happened, we all just pivoted to podcasting, and now we've done a yeah. year of it. You know, just it flew by. Yeah. And it's so definitely going to continue as well. Sorry, yeah, absolutely. No, I find it interesting that obviously Sean works, well, lives in one country, works in another country, and podcasts in another country. So <laughs> I don't know how you fit all this stuff in, but <laughs> my my body clock is just all kinds of screwed up. I, I actually, <laughs> yeah. it's probably very unhealthy, and uh, I'm trying to get back to the US uh, ASAP, but cool. the visa situation isn't cooperating. <laughs> so yeah. we'll see. Yeah. yeah what What is your What is your day like? Like, do you wake up in the middle of the night? Or? Yeah, I, I, no, I wake up at like 6 p.m. I, I spend time with family until like uh, 9 or 10 p.m. And then I start work. Uh, right. And then I go until... Uh, well, well, actually, most of the time I start work at 12 now because I, I work on the West Coast hours. And then I, I go until 6 or 7 a.m. And uh, yeah, that's, 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 my, that's my work day. Uh, I try to do... my. I started my own small little podcast so at the end of the day every day i take something from one of the podcasts i clipped i i, I listened to and i clip a five minute clip of it uh mm-hmm. and that's my daily practice of like just make something every day you know and uh, i try to blog as well but th- that's about it that's the, the daily routine is, is what i call the reverse nine to five so instead <laughs> yeah. of going from 9 a.m to 5 p.m you can go to 9 p.m <laughs> to 5 a.m uh and uh i mean it's quiet it's just like it's hard to get food <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah that's, that's true how so i i remember when i when i was in singapore i i used to like love those uh, like hawker centers are those yeah, they're all closed. not oh yeah, yeah okay you have to use like a delivery <laughs> service or something i don't oh, know wow. i mean i just uh end up going to the grocery store and buying you know junk food which is not super healthy yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. i mean it's not great as well like just the the circadian rhythm is is all over the place but yeah. you do what you you do what you must, uh, and it is lower taxes. So I, I I do earn an American income, but pay Singapore taxes and cost of living, which is much lower. That's pretty yeah. nice. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't sound too bad. Okay, should we uh, should we get into the unpopular opinions? Sure. I think you're up first. All right. Because I, cause I wrote it first, because I have yep. the most unpopular opinions. All my All right. opinions are actually unpopular. That's that's an unpopular opinion. Um, so I'm still my, getting over my... your uh, your comments. <laughs> your... <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I want to double down on that actually. But... <laughs> um, so so uh, my my unpopular opinion is is that vegan equivalents of of recent you know recent times are actually better than the real thing uh, in a lot of cases. So it, it's not for sake of necessarily wanting to eat vegan food or vegetarian food it's just that whenever you go shopping now or you order from a takeaway place i would say that now probably 30 to 40 percent of the food on offer is is specifically vegan um people are really going hard on the on the vegan thing which is great like you know i totally support that i support eating less meat i don't support eating no meat uh, or dairy or anything like that but i support eating less meat and what i found is that the vegan equivalents that you can get from takeaways and from supermarkets now are often considerably better than than the real thing most notably would be that the mock duck um so vegan mock duck is generally made from seitan uh which is i actually don't know what it is it's some sort of thing it's gluten it's material i don't know 
a hundred percent gluten from from wheat. Yeah, so you t- you oh, take really? wheat and then you you wash it and you get out all of the protein, which is the gluten, and you just make that huh. into like a ball. Yeah. Oh, that's that's it's amazing. Pretty, pretty better cool. than I thought. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Well, so yeah. So so the Satan is fantastic. For my me. luckily, I'm not a celiac, right? Because it would be terrible if I was. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> But yeah, so this, so this mock duck is the texture when they make it into mock duck is absolutely perfect. It's it's the exact texture you get from duck when you when you cook it, it gets those crispy bits that the duck skin gets as well. So it's just literally like eating duck, and then they put all, cool. all the flavoring on you know the sauce you'd have with the duck and the hoisin and stuff, and it just it's better than eating duck because duck is very fatty. There's all sorts of like pulling it off the bone and all that kind of stuff you have to do, and it's just you know it's it's ultimately quite nice, but. I get I get probably 110% of the enjoyment I get from eating duck that I do from eating Satan mock duck, right? So it's actually better. Um, and then briefly, the more, the, the more recent things, I've talked about Beyond Meat before. I do prefer Beyond Meat burgers to real burgers now. It, in the majority of cases, there's sometimes an exceptional burger, but the pork ribs and wings that a lot of takeaway places have started doing, especially in the UK now, are just... They're, they're all the enjoyment of the real thing. All the flavors are there. The texture's there. You kind of almost forget that it isn't the meat. It's just, you know, you're not eating an animal and it's and it's effectively cheaper, right? And the other thing is the ribs they make. Again, I don't know what they're made of. It might be jackfruit. It might be mock duck. I'm not sure. So it might, might be Satan. I'm not sure. But all the textures are there. They, they've, they've replicated the fatty bit. They've replicated the meaty bit. They've replicated the way that when you pull a pork rib apart, you know, you've got all the sort of layers that come off it. They've re- they've replicated it exactly with with these vegan proteins and glutens and things, and it's just fantastic. It's just why why am I eating meat anymore? It doesn't make any sense, you know. Um, so that's my unpopular, maybe popular opinion. I don't really know. It depends on who you talk to. It depends the on the crowd. Meat lovers yeah. will disagree, but <laughs> uh, I haven't tried these, but I'm excited to try them. Check them um, out and. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that there's a chance that, you know, by the end of the century, most of us will be eating mostly meat replacement stuff. And that's yeah. probably a big step for the environment. Excited about it. I, I, I just think it's yeah. uh, it's going to take a while. Yeah, so. I, I usually like over here, it's super expensive, unfortunately. Really? Like, yeah. So it's hard to, to like justify the, the cost. But I think yeah. it'll come down I, over time. Though. I think it's new still. Oh, for sure. So. For sure. For sure, it's it's probably like a like a scale thing, right? Yeah, they can scale up the yeah. production to to make it cheaper. Have you guys? I mean, it's heard on par about, or cheaper here. That's well, that's great then. Like, yeah, why not eat that? Um, <laughs> have you guys heard about solar foods? No. Uh, so it's, so that it's a it's a Finnish startup that are uh, they're so as I understand it, they're they're extracting like the carbon from the air. And using like bacteria, much like they do, like uh, so. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like making beer, but instead of like adding, like instead of adding stuff to it, they just take the carbon from the air and they produce protein huh. from that, which is wow. cr- crazy in my head. So yeah, I'm, I'm excitedly waiting for them to to come up with uh, some kind of product that I can try. I mean that yeah. sounds amazing. That's literally two birds and one stone, yeah. as it were. It's, it's it almost sounds too good to be true, you know. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, Sean, cool. You're... My turn. Uh, mine's yeah. very quick. Uh, I recently joined Right Sidebar Gang, is what I call oh. it. 
<laughs> so disgusting. <laughs> for those who don't know, in in VS Code or in like a normal IDE, usually you have your file explorer in the left sidebar, uh, and I have become quite accustomed to popping it in and out with the Command B short keyboard shortcut. But every time you pop it in and out, because especially because I do a lot of talks or live streams and stuff like that, you want your screen to be as clear of distractions as possible, right? So the sidebar is a distraction if you're not navigating it all the time. So you just pop it out whenever you need to. But the problem is that every time you pop it out, because it's on the left sidebar, everything else has to relay oh, out. I never thought um, about that. Yeah. And so uh, Scott Hanselman from Microsoft has been saying this for a long time. And I don't know what made me do it, but I suddenly was like, okay, you, you've been preaching at this for like literally like i don't know five years i will try this out and see the benefits and it's neater every because i i do this probably 30 times a day and so every time i pop stuff in and out it doesn't relay out my whole code and <laughs> windows anymore so uh, i have joined right sidebar gang it takes a while to break the habit though of like hey i want to change files and you go left and you're like oh, no no <laughs> <laughs> i i i didn't think about that at all, but that's that's a really good reason to to put it on the right side. <laughs> it is unpopular, <laughs> but like it's also not super controversial because yeah, know, do what you want. <laughs> yeah. All right. So my unpopular opinion. I usually don't have one, but mine is uh, I like Sublime Text Four. Might also wow. not be an unpopular opinion. It's a new version of Sublime Text. Recently came out. It's uh, so it's. Uh, it's very fast. That's it. You don't have to wait for for stuff to happen like you do with VS Code. Sometimes you know you you open a new VS Code window window and you have to wait for five seconds or whatever. So that's nice. Um, but yeah, yeah, there's this spectrum between an editor and an IDE, right? Uh, yeah. And so Sublime yeah. is much more on the on the side of uh, text editor. editor. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, you can use Vim mode. Uh, is there like a Vim mode or? I don't know Vim. Okay. I wish I did though. It was awesome. I, I always Jesus. wanted to be one of the cool kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Vim is, Vim is very cool actually, but it, yeah, it's a bit cryptic, obviously. Exit is escape colon Q done. That's all there is to it. There's nothing complex about it. What if it was I'm just, just going to ruin escape. everyone's jokes? <laughs> escape, which puts you in command mode colon command Q quit. Easy. Yeah, that's too complicated for me. <laughs> okay, for for the for the people who use VS Code who are also former Vim users, I'm going to drop this tip from Jared Palmer inside of the show notes as well. Uh, it's a it's a way to expand the section. So if you're in an element and you want to get the wrapping element, but it's all the way down, the the, the close mm. tag is all the way down below. So in Vim, it's easy to uh, just expand out the selection and just increasingly just capture more and more elements around it. Uh, but typically in, in, in a visual editor, you would just like scroll up and down and drag and, and try to yeah. find like, is this the right div? I, I don't know. Um, so there's a keyboard shortcut to do that. So check it out if you're in VS Code. Yeah, that, that should be a thing I mean, there's, that there's I, so many I use. Cool Why don't I use that? that? I don't know. <laughs> completely <laughs> missed that. It probably <laughs> exists in Sublime. I, you just have to find yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, there's so many cool tricks. Like the one I use, I use so often is the one where you, you, know, you hold control shift, I think, and down. And you get multiple cursors, right? So you get yep. yeah, you I can align. I use it all the time. It's just yeah. all that stuff with cursors is fantastic. Yeah, Command same D the, for VS Code. Yeah. Same with same with the duplicate line up and down. 
yeah. like you, you're on a line and you just go up and down to, to copy them. That's also nice. All right. Picks? We're already at the end. Oh. Yeah. Anthony's uh, first. Yeah. Uh, let me just remind myself what my pick is now. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, my pick is another sort of eco thing, gethomethings.com. So this is obviously a UK-only product, but um, essentially... When, when you buy like a detergent for cleaning your cat, your house with, or, you know, you buy those spray bottles that, you know, you clean surfaces with, you're buying a bottle of water effectively, and it's got sort of a disinfectant mixed in with it. Someone's shipping that water in a, in a, in a big van, you know, thousands of bottles of it. Someone's shipping those crates in, in the van in, in a ship somewhere. And, you know, it's, it's all this water being shipped around the world. And, um, more recently people have found that you can just essentially get a tablet, um, the whole disinfectant part compressed into a tiny tablet, put in a packet, and then all you need is, a, is an empty spray bottle and a, a pre-existing plastic bottle so there's no plastic waste and your own water from the tap, right? If you're lucky enough to have running water in your country, it means that effectively then you've got this same exact thing without all that shipping and you know you can ship millions and millions and millions at once. It's just a fantastic idea. So we bought a bunch off Facebook. Um, a shame to say we saw an advert on Facebook. Sometimes you do, um, but we bought a bunch off this ad, and it's fantastic. It's it's equally as good as stuff we already had, but there's no shipping at all. The price is is higher than it normally would be because obviously it's a new company. It's a small company, um, but the more people who get involved with this and buy this, then the the better that price will become. Um, and yeah, and it's lasting forever because you get like a box of 16 tablets or something. Um, they give you a glass spray bottle. So you have to start, you know, trying to find plastic bottles to spray it from. It's great. It's fantastic. So, uh, check it out. If you've got an equivalent in your country, just, uh, I don't know what you, what you call it or what you'd search for, but essentially a tablet that you dissolve in a bottle. Ah, clean cult. There we go. So it looks like there's a few uh, already. I just, I went Googling while you were talking about this. Oh, I cool. also regret <laughs> to inform you that you've picked this before. It's worth doubling down <laughs> it's on a double pick. that good. It's a double pick. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's if that it's good, on your mind, it's a good pick. Um, it is. Yeah. It is. But no, it's hard so to keep I, track I looked of the for picks. a US equivalent uh and mm. this one I don't think it's a tablet. Um but it's it's nice and refillable and it's got a very nice website. Whatever we're not you know, whatever we're not website. shipping the water, that's that's the important part, I think. Mm. Blue land? Uh yeah, Blue Land. Okay, I'll, I'll pitch Blue Land. Blue Land. I don't know. I'm sure. I'm sure you can. You can Google the equivalent idea if if you want to do that. <laughs> I mean, th this feels so obvious when you hear it, right? Yeah. Like the idea. It's a, like it feels very obvious. It's it's almost weird that it hasn't been done before. Ah, uh, yeah. It's it obvious is, isn't in it? hindsight. People get very addicted to selling you water. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's very yeah, low margin. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so that's true it's very true i mean it's also you know it's far more uh as a consumer if you saw the two things on a shelf you'd buy the water one because it looks like you're getting more right right yeah possibly yeah yeah cool all right well uh moving on i'm gonna pick svelte form libraries so i just noticed that there there are a lot of community form solutions so i tweeted out uh one day of just some collection of ideas I know, Kev, you have, like, two Svelte <laughs> form solutions or something. <laughs> uh, they're pretty dead at the moment, so... <laughs> uh, there were some talks on, on that that we did at the recent Svelte Summit. Silent Works, uh, Andrew uh, from Jamaica, also did a Svelte Forms Lib library and produced an Egghead.io tutorial series on them, so check it out. Cool. Code Chips, I think his real name is Ilya Mikhailov. Um, created a uh, like an ebook on Svelte forms 
And that seems to be very, very nicely done, actually. Because it's hard to do forms right, you know? Yep. Pierre B, I think he's on Twitter and GitHub is Pierre B, Pierre Bolver, um, has his own forms library. And I think there are just a, a bunch of them. I don't know. It's it's good to know these things at hand because the temptation is always to say, uh, I don't need it. And then you start slowly adding requirements and then you're like rebuilding yep. your store and uh, and the validation. And you're like, okay, like at, at some point you're, you're just building your own library. Yeah. <laughs> happened too too many times to me <laughs> it happens to me too I was, I was just like okay yeah I, i'm i'm an idiot and i should just use someone else's library <laughs> it's 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 that thing though that like like you start with just this simple thing and then you like you said i don't need a library yeah, exactly and then you and then you add and it's so simple to do the the very basic stuff in svelte yeah that you feel like you're almost done but then you add just just adding validation is pretty that's a, that's a large extra st step from just doing Svelte. I'm sorry, bind value, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. uh, just I'll just link the tweet in, get people to check it out because there are a lot of solutions out there. And yeah, forms, you know, uh, uh, that's how we get data to the internet. <laughs> yeah. So All right. it's boring, I... but it's, uh, it's boring. So I have to Should unmute I go for... myself to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Should I go for my uh, my pick then? Um, yep. I'm gonna pick a uh, I'm gonna pick the Swedish summer. So if you ever decide you want to go to to Sweden, I, I would highly highly recommend going in the summer or or the middle of the winter if you if you like snow, I guess. And I'm specifically gonna pick the combination of gelato and the Swedish summer. And there's this place in Stockholm called the Snö which is Swedish for snow, which is a super nice uh, gelateria uh, that that has won several awards for being like a really nice ice cream place. So yeah, that's uh, that's my pick. It's very local, but if you're around, just uh, you should visit. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm jealous. If you can travel, please yeah. and, uh, send yeah. us your pictures. Yeah, salt society with your travel pictures. <laughs> I'm stuck at home, so I can't do anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially with your with your work schedule, sounds like if you travel, it'll be a night anyway. Yeah. Right. Oh well. Um, well, that's it for our, our I guess our anniversary yep. episode. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, right. for making Thank it you. a year. Yeah, we have a yeah, yeah we, have a, we have a bunch of guests. Uh, Kev, you've been really doing a great job of booking these. Yeah, people. yeah. So upcoming guests, we have. Let me see here. Doo, doo, doo. Yeah. So next uh, next episode, we're we'll, we're having Nick Reese on, and that's the LJS creator that we talked about before. And then we're going to have Brittany Postma on the the week after that, um, teaching web dev and. All sorts of fun stuff that she does. And then uh, the week after that, we're going to have Lee Hao back. And I think we're going to talk a lot about his, a lot about his uh, YouTube channel that he's been very diligently uploading content to, which is also a great channel. And uh, somewhere in between here, we'll also have Scott on, from Scott Talinsky from Level Up Tuds to talk about his, both, both his new, uh, course on Svelkit as well as uh, just as I guess his conversion or proof of concept thing. And then lastly, 
uh, we also have an episode on Routify, um, where we have Jake and uh, Ghost on. She doesn't want to tell us her name, so Ghost is the name. Um, Fair enough. But yeah. Yep, that's it. So stay tuned, and uh, let's uh, let's uh, see you all next uh, next episode. Right. See ya. See you next Bye. episode. Bye.